beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Welcome to this episode of the 10 things to tell you podcast. I am so glad you're here. Before we get into this week's topic, I just want to give you a quick reminder that the podcasts you listen to, including this one, they are small businesses. We are small businesses. And in order to keep creating free content, we rely upon advertisers and listeners. And there are lots of ways that you can support the show at no cost to you my show, or any of the shows that you enjoy, it is really so much more helpful than you might think because most of these things just take a minute, but they really contribute to the bottom line of making a podcast. So so if you have shows that you love, I just really want to encourage you to share them Podcasts are notoriously hard to share. Actually, it's not like blog post days where you could just throw up a quick link to support your favorite bloggers. Now you have to share a link to the show notes or make a little bit more effort, but it's not all that hard to take a screenshot from your favorite podcast app. You can always link to the show notes. You don't have to share it on social media if that's not your jam. Just share it with your friends. It's also enormously helpful for you to give a positive iTunes rating. When a show gets more ratings, iTunes recognizes it as something that other people might want to hear. So within podcast algorithms and podcast rankings, those ratings and reviews really do help. It's also helpful to support your favorite content creators by shopping via their affiliate links, by joining their Patreons at the small monthly fee, if that is in the budget for you, or of course, buying their products if they have any that they offer. For me, I don't have products. I would love to have merch for this show eventually, but right now, 
If you are inclined to show your support monetarily, it is helpful to me to pre-order my book, Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First. Comes out not until February 2021, so it's kind of a future ask, if you will, but it really is helpful overall. So I know that in this economy, a lot of people are struggling, and also a lot of people are looking for ways to support their favorite small businesses locally in their towns, online, and then of course, your favorite content creators who make stuff that you enjoy or learn from. And so I just wanted to give you that quick reminder before we dive into this week's show, which is 10 questions to ask yourself in the middle. Now, you might remember that I did an episode called 10 Questions to Ask Yourself at the End of Anything that I did at the end of last year. Something that I think is just a really good journaling topic, or if you have a business partner or a life partner or someone that you can talk through these type of things, I think it's really helpful. And I also think that we're not used to doing this in the middle Maybe we do this at the beginning of something. We make big plans. Maybe we do it as we're wrapping up something at the end when we're trying to assess what worked and what didn't. But a lot of times we just plow through the messy middle and we don't take dedicated time to stop down and evaluate where we are, if it's where we want to be, where we're going, how we feel about it all. Maybe we don't give ourselves permission to reroute in the middle when what is called for is a reroute. And so I'm offering up this topic today in the middle of the year. Yes, we're a little bit past the absolute middle of the year, but for me, I had sort of a messy July in several senses. And so now we are here in August and I realized I need to stop down and take stock of a few things. So in this episode, I'm going to be answering from a place of the middle of the year, but really these questions can apply to a lot of things, the middle of a project, the middle of a time, anything that applies to you, it works. So I hope you can take these questions and just sort of think about them for you as we're in the middle. Also, it's a good time to sort of look at where we were in the beginning. Like I've been journaling a lot about my word of the year. The word that I chose for 2020 is translate. And listen, 2020, year of all years, nothing is as any of us expected it. Like way more than any other year of my lifetime has this all been a big surprise. And so some of the things that we started out thinking about, goals, or words of the year, or plans, or any of those things, they have probably, in some sense, gotten lost for a lot of us, because we are not where we expected to be in the middle of the year. No matter what, all of us have had some surprises. And so I'm looking back at some of my thoughts at the beginning of the year. This is why journaling is so good and so important to me, realizing that some of them have to be completely let go. Like just because the nature of quarantine and remote learning and plans that have been completely scrapped, I have to let go of quite a few of my own personal goals or what I thought I was going to be trying to accomplish or work towards. All of those have either been put on pause or been erased completely. And even as I was canceling those things or or actively letting those things go, I still didn't really think to myself, okay, but now what? Or, okay, but how do I feel about it? Like, again, the middle, even when it's a crazy time middle, a lot of times just means we are like marching through. We're just marching. And sometimes we need a minute to stop and evaluate. So here are the 10 questions I want you to ask yourself in the middle of whatever you're in the middle of. Number one, how do I really feel? Now, I mean this on every level. I mean in your body. I mean in your emotions. Like, how do you really feel? Get honest about it. Are you angry? Are you relieved? Are you very overwhelmed? 
for me, I have found myself pushing down a lot of emotions this summer, even though I'm the queen of talking about not pushing down your emotions, but it's so hard right now. I tried really hard in the spring, in the beginning of this pandemic, to stay positive, to keep a high vibration, to try and find pockets of peace whenever possible. But like as the months go on, you guys, I am stuffing down emotions right and left. If I start to feel what I consider to be a negative emotion, like frustration at something that literally nobody has any control of, some things that are happening are just happening and it feels like it doesn't even deserve my frustration, but frustration is there. And once I can acknowledge it and vent it or write it down, then it's easier for me to let go. I know that in my head, but I also know that I haven't been doing that (laughs) at all. I've really just been stuffing stuff down, getting through the day, getting to the deadline, and not really feeling my feelings. So number one, the first question is take an honest assessment for how you really feel. Not just about world events, of course, depending on what you're evaluating the middle of, just how do you feel? Do you feel run down? Do you feel healthy, unhealthy? Do you feel hope? Do you feel some fear around the unknown? Like just how do you feel from everything from your immediate level, like the people around you, the people in your house, how do you feel about them? to a bigger picture level of like, how do you feel about the world? Are you on Twitter too much and getting angry? Am I talking to myself when I say that? Like, how do you actually feel? And this will take some silence. All of these questions are going to take a little bit of sitting in silence and letting the answer come to you, especially because a lot of our feelings, I think, right now more than other times maybe, are being informed by outside voices. So this doesn't matter if you're on the internet too much like I am, or if you're reading a newspaper every day, or if you're being told that your school or work or church or whatever can't meet, and that is going to be the reality indefinitely. Like no matter what, there's so much going on that is coming at us in an information way. And so sometimes I can see a headline that might really make me feel a certain way. But then when I sit with it or get some space from it or whatever, then I can be like, well, I think I was just sort of being reactive. I don't actually feel this mad about a certain thing, or I don't actually feel as afraid as I'm being told to feel. Or, I mean, there's lots of ways you can interpret this, but sitting still and getting very quiet for this first question, especially when the answer might not be so immediate, when you really might have to listen to your body for more than 10 seconds to determine how you really feel. And I don't mean to start out with the hardest one, but for me, this is one of the hardest questions right now, because not only do we have a lot of voices in our head? My feelings are changing pretty radically minute by minute. I may feel a lot of hope in one moment and feel like, okay, and be getting some positive energy from somewhere. And then the next thing I know, I'm in some kind of like despair spiral because what is this world right now? You know what I mean? It is all over the place. And so journaling out how you really feel is probably the hardest question that we started with here, but it's also the one that you have to ask yourself and try to get at least a little bit of a grip on before you can truthfully answer these other questions. Okay, so number two, what am I doing well? So I did a whole episode on this question, what are you doing well? Last year, I did it in the middle of the holiday season when I know a lot of people just get very frazzled. They can beat themselves up for everything that they're not getting done on their to-do list. And I return myself to this idea of what are you doing well? I am someone who can beat myself up pretty heavily. I am someone who hesitates to say out loud what I think I'm doing well because I feel like it's going to jinx it or something like that. But I want to start with it because I think in the middle of anything or in the middle of a evaluation, which is what we're doing, 
one of the things I think we turn to immediately is like, okay, here's all the things I want to change right now. Here's all the things that are falling apart. And we're going to get to that question in a minute, the things that need to change, the things that need tweaking. But let's start with what are we doing well? Because there are things you are doing well. Maybe you didn't expect to be doing them so well because you didn't expect to be doing them at all. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U, Y-O-U. I'm looking at you, remote learning, but they're there. Maybe you are handling summer like a champ. Maybe you are getting a lot of work done, getting your 10,000 steps in every day. Maybe you have Marie kondo your whole house. Maybe you're reading more than ever before. Maybe your self-care is on point right now. Let's just talk about it. There is something that you're doing well, probably several somethings. And let's just say, this is my strength. This is my strength in general. I'm always good at this, still doing great at this. Or that you've discovered a new strength recently, like, oh, I'm actually not bad at quarantine. (laughs) Quarantine is my skill. I don't know, whatever it works for you, what is something that you're doing well? Acknowledge it. And then this is one of the most powerful questions. If you're doing this exercise with someone else, it's a really good exercise to say to someone, I am doing this well. Now, I also love the exercise of reflecting back to people and saying, I see you doing this well. That feeds the soul, both the giver and the receiver, on a different level. But it takes some strength to get over our ideas about humility, about bragging, about that kind of thing, to be able to just say, hey, I am doing this well. I feel good about this. I think I'm good at this. It is such a nice thing to work on just saying that out loud to someone else. So Even if you're not doing this whole exercise with someone else, like that past episode, what are you doing well? Maybe just answer just this question if you want to with a friend or a group of friends, just send out a text because this is encouraging to everyone to be like, hey, you guys, let's just take a minute and all name what we are doing well. This gives us a chance to say the things that we're doing well, and it gives us a chance to cheer one another on or to know how to cheer one another on in the future. Like, hey... You're right. You are great at this. This question in particular is a good sort of relationship builder as well as introspection exercise. So that was number two. Number three, what will pass? When I was prepping for this episode, this question especially gave me a lot of pause, like almost brought a tear to my eye because things will pass. Some of these things that are really hard right now, they will pass as time goes on. Also, some of the things that are really beautiful, they will also pass. And so I want to take the time to notice those things. So first, the things that will pass that are really hard, maybe it's a season, maybe it's a global pandemic, whatever it is that you need to remind yourself 
this will not be forever. Because it won't. As time moves on, things do pass. And not in a pithy way, this too shall pass. I don't like it when people sort of minimize by using those kinds of sayings, but they're a saying because they're true. And if you are in the middle of something that you feel like will be forever, this will be your reality forever. Try and remember that things do pass. They will pass through you. Doesn't mean you don't need to deal with them. It doesn't mean that you can wholly set them aside. Maybe it's even impossible to set them aside, but they will. They will pass. And on the other side of that, acknowledging and writing down what will pass makes me more aware of the things I need to be paying a lot of attention to. My kids are currently 10 and 8. In October, they will turn 11 and 9. And time is just marching on. We will never have 10 and 8-year-olds in our household again. This will pass. And I don't want to. I'm like clinging onto this with every motherly fingernail. But because we're in the very middle of it, we're in the very middle of parenting, we're in the very middle of 2020, when I say this is going to pass, this time is going to pass, it forces some mindfulness on my end of don't let this pass without noticing. And so that is question number three. What will pass? Question number four probably the one you were waiting for. (laughs) What needs to change? Okay, so we're here in the middle of these questions about being in the middle. Let's go ahead and talk about the things that need to change because we all have them. And I swear I could list like 20 things in my life that need to change. My social media habits, my lack of priority of some relationships in my life that I've sort of just let fall down the ladder when I shouldn't have, my health habits that have slipped in the middle of the pandemic. I'm giving a lot of grace there. I'm giving a lot of grace on all of these things, actually. But it doesn't mean that you can't acknowledge they need to change, that there needs to be tweaks. Change, just that very word, that very concept is on a sliding scale, right? Like there's some things that just need some tweaks. I really need some change here. And then there are things that are like, yeah, this thing needs a complete overhaul. And maybe the overhaul things are easier to deal with in the moment because sometimes it's easier to spot a big, huge, glaring problem. Not that it's easy to deal with necessarily, but you know, it's maybe the first thing that came to your mind when we got to this question, what needs to change? And it's probably right. If it came to your mind first, it probably does need to change. And you've probably known that before you pressed play on this episode. But also, if we're going to be sitting and getting still anyway, listen for the smaller things that maybe need more than a tweak, but not quite an overhaul. The whispers that say to you, hey, this needs to change. This attitude, this habit, this relationship, this pattern, it needs some attention and it needs it now before time passes and you have missed the best window to make this change. Or maybe if you haven't missed it, you're going to wish in the future that you had taken this opportunity when you noticed that it needs to change. This is a pep talk that I give myself pretty often when I know something needs to change, but I just am too overwhelmed to fix it. I'm too lazy to fix it. I'm not a lazy person, but you know, like a person can't do everything all the time. And so sometimes I'm like, yeah, um, that's not the battle I choose. (laughs) And that's normal and that's human. But if there's something that needs a big change and you've been putting it off for a long time, well, you got to talk to yourself about that too. You know what I mean? So what needs to change, even though that's a big question And something that we're easily anticipating as we talk about questions to ask ourselves in the middle, it's also the one that requires the most amount of action. And that's exhausting. But when you're in the middle of something, you just don't always see with clarity that you're actually in the middle. I don't know if this makes sense, but you keep thinking, oh, this thing that needs to change, I'll change it later, or it will change itself, or... I have plenty of time. Like I'm still at the beginning and you have to be like, oh no, no, actually you're in the middle more than half way there. You're not towards the beginning anymore. You're in the middle. 
So if this is something that you want to change for the second half of this whole thing, it needs to change now. No more procrastinating, no more excuses. Name the thing that needs to change and then work on next steps to riding that ship. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, the world's largest online counseling service. You know, I have shared on this podcast many times about my own mental health struggles and how getting outside help in the form of talk therapy made a huge difference in my life. And whenever I talk about this, I get messages from people who don't know where to start, who have limited time, or who live in an area where therapy isn't widely available. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist that you communicate with online. It's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help. This is professional counseling done securely online with a broad range of expertise available. You can send your counselor messages. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. It's more affordable than traditional counseling, and it's available worldwide. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read the testimonials that are posted daily with people sharing how working with an online counselor has led them to feel less stuck, and with more resources in their struggles with depression and anxiety. There's a special offer for 10 Things to Tell You listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash you. Visit betterhelp.com slash you. That's better H-E-L-P slash U-Y-O-U and join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Now back to the show. Okay, number five, what brings you peace and can you get more of that? So as I've struggled a little bit this summer with finding peace, I've been really unsettled in my spirit. It's not surprising given the state of the world, given my lifelong anxiety and aversion to change. And here we are in a very unknown situation with lots and lots of changes So like, I understand that facts on the ground are that a lot of us have felt unsettled and haven't been able to find places of peace in the last several months. But I also think that the things that do bring us some peace, we are quick to dismiss because they seem luxurious or we don't have the time for them. They're kind of the first to go when there's chaos. So if there's something that brings you peace, like a hobby, a self-care ritual, a bath, reading, tech-free weekends, sleeping in, meetups with a friend. There are lots of ways that we can find peace, and a lot of those ways have either been less accessible to us in the world right now, or we haven't given ourselves permission to do them because they feel self-indulgent or they feel not important right now. But really figuring out what brings you peace and trying to do more of that, trying to do a little bit of that as often as possible, daily if possible, but if not just regularly enough that your cup is filled that way. Because if you go too long, ask me how I know about this, if you go too long without finding any kind of peace, you are going to melt down. And it's not like a quickie toddler meltdown where you just see a nap and it's fine. I think sustained periods without any pockets of peace, for me, when the meltdown comes, it comes hard and it's hard to recover from. It requires a whole other recovery that is a burden on my family and it feels like two steps back for me personally and affects my work and affects my health and all of that kind of thing. So I try not to get to pure meltdown mode. But in order to avoid that, I have to call out and take time for these things that bring me peace. For me, I've talked about it before. I'm going to reiterate to you. Reading, I read every single day, but I will stop reading when I have a lot to do and I decide that it's like not a priority or it's self-indulgent or something. Sleep is a huge source of peace for me because it's a reset for my anxiety. If I am not getting enough sleep, I cannot find peace. Like I cannot. I have to prioritize rest in my life. 
And while rest can look different for all kinds of people, for me, rest means actually like solid night sleep repeatedly, not just one weekend sleep in, but like I need weeks on end of sleeping well as a reset. And that just seems really high maintenance sometimes. And it definitely means that there's some kind of sacrifice involved. Going to bed early usually means I'm sacrificing alone time. It means I'm sacrificing watching a movie with my husband, which is like a bonding thing. You know, there is a trade-off for choosing sleep over time that I could be productive or doing something else enjoyable, but I have realized that it brings me an inner peace. And so you need to identify that for you. What truly brings you an inner peace? A habit, a person, a hobby, and then try to do more of that. I really think that this is crucial And in the middle, when we're in the middle, like we're talking about, you've got just your head down, you're just doing the hustle, doing the grind, like getting through. And of course, you haven't prioritized peace, (laughs) peacefulness. So take a minute and tally up the last time that you felt peaceful, where that came from, and can you recreate it in some way and on a regular basis? Number six, where is working? Okay, I don't think this is correct grammar, but this is really what I mean. I think that location really matters. And right now, location can be tricky for a lot of people. If you are trying to quarantine in a tiny apartment, if you live in a city like I do that is besieged by coronavirus, or if you live out in the country and don't feel comfortable leaving your place, Location really, really matters. And I don't mean location like your state or whatever. I mean, like when I say where is working, I mean, what are the locations that are working for you? Is it your living room couch? Is it the hammock in the backyard? Is it driving around in your car for some sense of normalcy? Is being at work very fulfilling for you? Is being at home where you feel the most safe? This is a question about where, what feels good, where are your systems in place? This can encompass a lot of things. This could be like your kitchen, man, your kitchen feels cozy. It's full of food these days. You really like how you have it organized. It's working. Your kitchen is working for you right now. This could also be like, I feel great in my community. I feel like my community is doing a good job making citizens feel safe or anything like that. The question is about where are the places that feel good to you? And maybe deeper than that, maybe not just feel good, but where where is working. For me, one of the lessons that I learned really hard this summer is that saying, wherever you go, there you are. In a few different ways, I looked for somewhere else to be freedom for me. We were in such strict lockdown in Los Angeles in the spring that I thought going to our lake house, which we do every year without fail, we go for months and months at a time. I thought when we got there, everything would be normal. Everything would be better. I would feel free because it's in a small town that isn't as locked down as LA was. I was searching for something else that I thought I was going to find in a location. When we got there, I was surprised to realize that I was still the same me. We were still in an international state of chaos. And while changing up a person's location does matter, I do think your space and surroundings matter, you still have your same old stuff. You still have to deal with you. And you can know that intellectually and then deeply. (laughs) And it's disconcerting and it doesn't match your expectations. I think we all want there to be some kind of magic pill and that is not the reality in the middle of anything. There is no magic pill that's going to change the trajectory of anything hardly. And so where you are in your space can really matter to your mental health to your actual health. And I always encourage people to make their space. If that's a tiny closet or if that's your whole home or your car or whatever you call your space, your cubicle, to make it feel like you, to decorate it in a way that feels like you, to 
add or subtract items in there that feel good to you. I do think your surroundings matter, but also wherever you go, there you are. So that is a question about where to just look around and think about the spaces in your life, the where's of what's working. Okay, number seven, who needs some love? We've talked a lot about ourselves here, our own self-care, our own emotions, our own feelings, the things we need to change. But let's talk about those around us. Who needs some attention? Do you have a kid that's flailing a little bit? Do you have a friend who could really use some attention? Who needs some love outside of yourself that it would mean the world to them if you were to reach out, if you were to send a little something, if you were to give them some undivided attention and love? Who needs it? I've realized that this summer I've had a list of people that I have been meaning to send a little gift to, but meaning to reach out to. I have people in my inner circle who have reached out to me that I just have not responded in kind. Like the who's in my life, my who's who, my people, I have not loved on them as well as I wish I should have. I have been pretty focused on our little family of four, and there are other people that I care a lot about, that I want to foster relationships with, that I have neglected, and that I really want to get back to. Now again, lots of grace is extended here. I'm not trying to shame you. I'm not trying to shame me. I'm just being factual about like, who are your people? Do they need a little attention? Some people need more attention than others. Some people, that's their love language. Some people, their circumstance calls for, yeah, they could really benefit from a reach out from somebody Others are just, you have to work at relationship and there can be lots of wiggle room in that, but wiggle room doesn't last forever. And so if you have found yourself, like I have, truthfully, months down the road of not having fostered a friendship or your marriage or looking out for a neighbor, well, that's what this question is about. Who needs some love? That's number seven. And I hope that when you heard that, that people came immediately to your mind of who that might be, because I do think that we get little nudges from the universe, right? Of, of who that might be. So I hope that you got a nudge. Number eight, what is one major thing that needs to get done before the end? In my case, the end of the year, in your case, the end of whatever it is you're talking about in the middle. So I'm just saying one thing, Because back in question number four, what needs to change, and I could list, if I showed you my journal, so many things that need to change, that need to get done, that need some tweaks. But the reality is you can't do everything. And everybody's goals are different. And so collectively, as we're working through this exercise, I want you to pick just one thing, just one, that you really want to get done before the end of whatever you're in the middle of. One thing. And if like me, you're thinking about being in the middle of the year and you're picking one thing you really want to get done before the end of the year, if you get it done in the next two weeks, then you just pick a new thing. Or if you're the procrastinator type and you're like, oh yeah, before the end of the year, I got plenty of time. And you wait until December 28th, that's going to happen too. But pick and think about one major thing that if you got it done by the end of the year, it would make such a difference to how you look back on this back half of 2020 and make it really specific. So this might be something like hire an assistant or some kind of position that's going to help you out and bring you the answer to some of these other things. It's going to give you some time or some peace or allow you to achieve some other goals, whatever that is. Maybe it's just like hire and fill a certain position by the end of the year. Maybe it is something more along the lines of finishing a project that you've long started, finishing that novel you wanted to write, finishing a home improvement project, like one kind of thing. It doesn't have to take up a million hours like that, 
everyone's is going to look different. But like, if you did this one thing, it really is going to affect a lot of other things. And identifying that one thing and then saying, from now to the end, I'm going to do this thing and it's going to make the whole project look different. It's going to make the whole year look different. I mean, that's kind of a big ask. I don't mean it's going to make the whole year look different, but like it's going to make enough of a difference in your life that it's memorable in work, in your home, in your spirit. Even if it's just, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to choose where we're going to move to. I mean, that would be a really big one, but maybe this is a decision that you've been putting off. That's an example maybe of one thing could be making a decision, hiring a person, finishing a project. Just one goal like that is very motivating and can really affect a lot more than the one thing. So that was number eight. Number nine, this is one of the most important questions. And I thought about putting it earlier in the list, but I think this is exactly where it belongs. Number nine, who are your guideposts? Who are you really listening to? I think it's so important to acknowledge the people that we let speak into our life. This isn't always a big spiritual thing. Your guidepost might be a boss. You're listening to them because you have to report to them. That is who you're trying to please in whatever it is you're thinking about. Your guidepost might be your parents or your spouse. But then you have to think about, is this who I want to be my guideposts? Is this the person or people that I want to be setting the boundaries in my life, the tone in my life, because the way that they speak and the words that they speak are affecting me. I think it matters who you're following online, who you're listening to, who you're being influenced by. We talked about this before on the episode about has the internet ever changed your mind? We're all being influenced. So in some ways, we all have guideposts that are strangers to us. You know, they're teachers, they're celebrities, they're internet content creators. Like who are our guideposts that we are looking to, to speak into our life, that we're looking to as examples, that we're looking to, to answer to? Those would be people that we know, because again, you do have to answer to, in a certain sense, your family, your boss, your spouse. But let's not be haphazard about it or let's not be lazy about it like let's be honest about who we are letting speak into our life who we are answering to these are all ways that we can look at guideposts and if they are someone that we realize i don't like the way this makes me feel when i'm scrolling this person i don't like the way that my boss is leading this company i don't like the way that this family member speaks when we're all together. You have to acknowledge these guideposts. And sure, maybe you can't get away from them, from a boss, from a certain family member. Maybe these are people who are going to be in your life. But you can try to start to put up a boundary of letting their words affect you so much, of letting them speak into your life. You may not be able to get around them speaking in general, but are they speaking in your life? Are they a guidepost? Are you following them by accident or by habit? And really, you don't want to be following their example. You don't want to be following their posts. You do not want them to be your North Star. And how did you even get on this path? Now, maybe you're not on the wrong path at all. Maybe it's the opposite tactic of saying, these are my guideposts, and I'm so glad that I have them in my life, that I am gaining wisdom from them, that they speak to my soul, that they know my situation and they love me, whatever it is, who are your guideposts? And our guideposts change, and sometimes we forget to change them. You know, most of us remember the time when we went as a young adult from our parents being our main guideposts to suddenly gaining other guideposts, you know, finding other voices that are really influencing us or maybe take us in a different direction from the way we were raised. A lot of us remember those young adult milestones. But then as we get older, 
because we come into our own, because we feel independent, because we feel like we're our own guideposts in some ways, we stop noticing the people around us who are influencing us. We stop calling them guideposts, even though that's what they are. And then we can end up really disgruntled in a work situation, really unsettled in a family situation, really grumpy when we're on the internet because of who we've chosen to follow and they don't really align with us, but we followed them for 10 years. And so it's just a habit. All of us have a lot of people who are speaking into our life just by the nature of knowing a lot of people, being in a workforce, being on the internet, being part of a community. We all know a lot of people. So being a little bit more intentional about like choosing our guideposts and being like, okay, this is someone I want to listen to or pay attention to. This is someone who is setting a bar in their own life that's helping me set a bar in mine. These are some boundaries I can get behind. These are some ideas that I want to think more about. This person is my guidepost or this collective group of people. If you want to talk about an idea or a spirituality or a train of thought or something like that, like I have some guideposts here that is helping me in growth, that is keeping me in a path I want to be on or is allowing me to roam free without judgment. That too can come from a guidepost. And so let's talk about who those people are. I've always loved that saying that you are a culmination of the five people you spend the most time around. And I really find this to be true, but this means that you have to be intentional about the five people you're listening to the most, your friend group, your family members, your coworkers. Like these are the five people that are speaking into your life. These may be your guideposts either by default or by choice. Let's attempt to make it by choice. Okay, number 10. What does finishing well even mean? So the last question in 10 questions to ask yourself in the middle is identifying what it means to finish well. Now, in some cases, it's like just to finish at all is to finish well. And that's totally true and totally fine. And that can be your goal. Like, I just want to finish. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to look good. I just need to get to the end of this thing. Great. That's totally valid. Finishing well can also mean that you, like we already talked about, finish a project, completed a thing, got something done. Finishing well can mean that you set a goal and you achieved it. So for example, if you're running a marathon and you have a personal record, time that you want to beat or match and then you do it, well, then you can identify very easily. You either did it or you didn't, right? You either made the time or you didn't. Hashtag not a runner. But I like things like that. And I've been reading some business books and taking some business courses recently. Can you tell? (laughs) And a lot of them really make the point over and over that you, you can't just have vague goals of just like, quote unquote, finishing well. Like you have to say, I want to meet this sales goal. I want to finish this thing. I want to have landed this opportunity, et cetera, et cetera. And so as you're thinking about being in the middle, but moving on towards the end, what do you want to feel like at the end? What do you want to look back on this back half and realize that you did or finished or accomplished Or it doesn't have to be productivity-based at all. Finishing well can be you kept your chin up the whole time. Let's say what you're in the middle of is a divorce. And so finishing well for you in this sense might be that you kept your chin up. You kept your dignity. And for you, this looks like whatever it looks like. So deciding what finishing well is going to be really does depend on what you're in the middle of. And you can be in the middle of something short. You can be in the middle of the week, like you might be as you're listening to this. Or you could be in the middle of the year, like I've been talking about. Or you can be in the middle of a work project. And finishing well means that you met the deadline under budget. I don't know. I'm giving a lot of examples here. For me, finishing well in 2020 is mostly going to mean that I finished it with some clarity which I'm getting in some of my work stuff, which I'm getting in some of my relationships. And I'm going to journal in myself a little bit more detail around this, but 
If we were to finish 2020 right now, I would not feel that I had finished it well. The wheels have come off for me emotionally a little bit in the last couple of months. Again, it's pretty understandable. A lot of us are in the same place, but also it's like I want to rein it in. And so as I'm trying to get a little bit more footing underneath me, then I want to finish 2020 well by being proud of the work that I have done on this show and social media, by feeling like I have kept intact the relationships that are important to me and that I have released those that have shown themselves to need to be released in this very difficult year, and that has happened. If I get to the end of the year in 2020 and feel like I did the best I could when I could within reason, I will call that finishing well. I will call the reroutes, the tweaks that I'm trying to make from here in the middle that I'm writing down for myself. If I can make those tweaks and reroutes, successfully, I will call finishing 2020 well. And I hope that this is sort of a vague example, but that it helps you to think about whatever you're in the middle of, what it will look like to be not only chin up, but maybe cheering by the end of the thing that you did it, you survived it, you achieved it, and most importantly, you finished it. You finished whatever you're in the middle of. That's what we're going for. So I hope that these questions were helpful to you. I hope that they give you a lot to think about. I would love to hear from you on social media or in the 10 Things to Tell You Connection group on Facebook, where a lot of people are able to share in that group if they're not able to share on their own social media channels, which I understand, especially on a topic like this one. But I hope that you're able to take these questions, do them in your journal, do them with a friend. Here we are in the middle of 2020. But we're going to do the next four plus months with intention, trying to find peace, and finishing well. I'm Laura Tremaine, and you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.